Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode 183. Earnings from six popular dividend stocks. Dividend Talk is your number one podcast for all things dividend and stock market related with a unique European flavor. My name is Derek from Engineer My Freedom and I'm joined with my co-host European DJI. If you want to learn more about us, please visit europeandji.com where we have articles on dividend growth investing, including 30 European dividend aristocrats. While you're there, you might as well grab our free dividend portfolio tracker template. We also offer a premium dividend growth service featuring a bi-weekly newsletter, which includes stock deep dives, dividend stock cards, and access to our dashboard with over 130 dividend growth stocks. All of this is based on our very own dividend safety analysis. But enough about that. Please grab a cup of coffee and let's get started. Hey, European DJ. We're still in the middle of earnings season, so I assume you've been busy. Well, actually, with work, yes. <laughs> so, I, you know, my routine is right. Quickly before I go to work, I've got like an hour in the morning because in this season, I usually wake up an hour earlier, like at six, do my stuff. And then between seven and eight, I go hit all the investor relation pages, quickly read it. I spend like five to 10 minutes on it. So it's usually headlines, go into it and, and post it on social media, like specifically the dividend hikes that I'm interested in. But uh, I got a little bit more chance now also in preparation for this podcast to go a little bit deeper into the, the earnings. And yeah, it's a madhouse. It's just a madhouse. It's amazing. We'll see it later with the dividend hikes, but I mean, isn't this a great time to be alive? You know, these weeks in the in the year, they're they're awesome. You know, they're really really awesome. Yeah, do you know who I feel sorry for? It's it's those with like 60, 70, 80 stock portfolios. I mean, how how do you keep track of of all that kind of ETF like portfolio? It's, there's just so much so much happening, as you said. What we're going to see from the dividend hikes alone, um, and we've covered six. We could have covered easily, but like we're trying to cut down who we're not going to talk about, which is which is crazy, right? Yes, yes, yes. So for me, I, I like this season so much because a lot of this is now also confirmation about our investment fees in these companies. Because you can look at it from a quarterly earnings point of view, of course, if you you could consider this also the fourth quarterly. But if you look at the European stocks that we cover as well you get way more information um, now and also the dividend hikes. So yeah, it's it's a lot of confirmation and that's why I usually do in May some uh, spring cleaning because then all the annual reports are released. It gives me really a, a good feeling of like, okay, am I still having conviction for this stock or not? Because I'm not a buy and uh, hold and never forget and never sell investor. I'm kind of a buy, hold and review uh, investor. And while I try to limit the changes in my portfolio because they, they sometimes like uh, your portfolio is like a bar of soap, right? Uh, the more you touch it, uh, the quicker it's gone. Yeah. So there is something to that, but there are just some companies that you just make a wrong 
mistake or you get caught up in the uh, in the hype or something like that and yeah 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 no it's 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 definitely the most interesting i would say earning season of the whole year i mean a, a, an awful lot happens it's the start of a year and and you're getting a lot of guidance for the year ahead and you're getting a lot of noise as well so it's it's challenging sometimes but that's why hey that's what we love that's what we do so exactly exactly but 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 you know i was very busy at work this week so i was just wasted even when i got back uh, back home but i still had the time to listen to powell jerome powell talking in 60 minutes uh, i was uh, watching him on youtube and because we always say uh well, you know don't care really about macro and about interest rates and you know it doesn't mean that sometimes the headlines on the in the youtube algorithm uh, uh don't catch my attention and in this case what was so funny about it i mean people are so caught up on these rate hikes and not and what will happen right and and you know i i sometimes wonder like why do analysts spend their time on this i i know that at this moment in time in this in this let's say decade the interest rate pretty much defines what the stock market is doing yeah this yeah. is from my point of view we're not having a free market either um because the government the us europe they are just manipulating the stock market with all their money printing and everything yeah so it, it does it does matter but then if you see all these predictions from analysts and then you just hear powell say like you know we think that the economy is looking pretty well we think that inflation will will uh, uh decline right but we want to get some more confidence uh, that this is really like uh, sustainable yeah so they are not in a hurry to lower the interest rates and i can see all these analysts already you know thinking like shite there go my uh, predictions there go my i don't know bonuses or something like that and sometimes i wonder like why don't they spend a little bit more time on just analyzing good businesses not look at the stock price because every time when the stock price goes up by 10 or 20 percent suddenly they are adjusting everything so that they're they're uh, i said their ratings stay near the the price right so that they look good <laughs> but i mean i don't think it's even nice to have a job as an analyst because it's so shallow it's so shallow right there, there must be serious pressure on on these analysts why else would they jump up and down and, and change their predictions every time the share price moves so there's probably serious pressure there but i mean power really has so much power in his hands and like he didn't say he was increasing rates he just said he was going to hold off on decreasing rates and all of a sudden you've got real estate investment trusts dropping by a couple of percent yeah. i mean yeah. if, if 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 i was if i had his power i'd be a billionaire i'd be short in the market before i come out making an announcement and then i'll be buying the market when i make the good announcement it's it's like, like nancy pelosi yeah pretty much yeah i mean yeah look i'm sure somebody's in the know somewhere but as as a dividend growth investor particularly with with real estate investment trusts and there's three that i'm i'm bullish on which is yeah. agree realty realty income and vici every yeah. time this this guy comes out and says something like that it just creates more buying opportunities um yeah so i i'm thankful i'm thankful for him <laughs> I, I i really want him to say hmm, i'm thinking about drop or increasing the rates and not increase them right just to say he's thinking about it because boom we'll see a 10 percent oh. drop 
Maybe we should send them a hoodie or something like that with bankers or wankers as a thank you from the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll hang it up on his wall or something. I, I assume he will wear it in one of his upcoming speeches then. Or maybe <laughs> maybe because he wears a suit, maybe just a really small clip with bankers or wankers so that it's very <laughs> subtle and you need to zoom in to see it. On the tie, yeah, on the tie. On the tie, yeah, yeah, on the bottom of the tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lapel. That's not a bad idea. Um, but look, I, I think it's, I think it's quite interesting that the market reacts the way it does to a sixty-minute interview that that this guy has every single time. It just, it seems like it overreacts. Um, so I'm sure people profit on that. But I think as a dividend growth investor. He's just given us opportunity after opportunity to pick up some yeah. some decent companies at good prices. That's why I focus on good businesses because, it, you know, in in the short term maybe an interest rate matters, in the long term not. Yeah. So if you have a good business that manages the balance sheet well, they can deal in higher interest rate environments, lower interest rate environments, and then you, you don't need to care about this yeah this is really for for traders for for analysts for you know but but not for for retail investors like us so yeah it's 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 a lot of noise in the system uh people are unfortunately very sensitive to this stuff to macro and such but for my portfolio does it really matter but hey talking of which there were some really noteworthy dividend hikes. We'll not, we will not do everything, but let's start with some European ones. For me, a personal favorite that I'm really, really getting close to pull the trigger one time is Asa Abloy. Again, they hiked the dividend by 12.5% from 4.8 to 5.4 Swedish crowns. Uh, my favorite locksmith. I, I must say, and I see them a lot. You know, the other day again, they were they were renovating a part of a shopping mall, and what do I see again? Uh, doors that are still in the covers uh, with plastic with Asa Abloy on it. It's just everywhere here, and it's so amazing. Yeah, you, know, you I would you would think sometimes ah they use like I don't know B quality or something like that as well here in Poland, but no, I see it everywhere in those shopping malls where they are yeah. renovating. So yeah, amazing. And and, and what about then? Hermes International. I mean, they hiked their dividend by fifteen point four percent, up to a whopping fifteen euro per share if if you owe them, um, and that's on top of a special dividend that they pay around ten euro. So effectively twenty five, twenty five euro per share in dividends. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I also believe that every employee gets four thousand euro in bonus this year. This, I mean, cash is just slashing against the walls in the in the office there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It's That's... such a smart business, right? Um, and maybe we need to write a, a little bit deeper about it. But they're really using scarcity to drive up prices and and demand for their products. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I see. You know, maybe it was on our Facebook group that their top selling or the, the biggest revenue drivers from bags, leather bags. But yeah. if you walk into their store, there's not a bag to be seen. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. right? So I mean, yeah. the people that they are targeting are targeting are not walking into a shop to buy a bag because they don't want to see the bag. They're walking down the street or going out to a party with on display yeah. in the shop. So it's it's I found that mind blowing. It's it's a great yeah. a great business model. They have a, they have. I mean, if, I feel like they're the opposite of. Louis Vuitton, who are quite mm -hmm. clear in that they're not a luxury brand. 
yeah, yeah, even, yeah, though, yeah. even though they technically are, but they they go out of their way to say, look, we're not. Whereas Hermes are are fully embracing it. They're like, hey, we're full blown luxury. You want luxury, you you buy our bag off us. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, but. And yeah, if you look at the next French stock, L'Oreal, again, a 10% dividend hike. And and yeah, we will speak later a little bit about the earnings then, but uh, another one in the pocket again. And I own L'Oreal now since, since I made this uh, first uh, dividend growth compass newsletter about it. I bought I bought a share, so happy with it is, of course, for me, yeah. you know, pennies, but still, it's always nice. Yeah. And then what about a bank? We've got Nordia Bank, which increased it by 15%. Yeah, I had to add this one because Alan, <laughs> the friend of the podcast, he uh, he was so he was so joyful. He was so happy when he saw this. Yeah. And he's always uh, talking so nice about Nordea Bank because Nordea Bank, I believe, is the bank where all his dividend dividend stocks are automatically getting the dividend taxes reclaimed. Uh, they seem to have something like that in Sweden, even by law, he says sometimes and seemingly they just withheld all the all the dividends already according to the treaty which is amazing i wish i wish i had it maybe i should sign up just as a citizen to sweden just for for this one uh, yeah yeah um and then we got total energies uh 6.8 percent hike which is not too bad um and followed by equinor who raised their dividend by 16.6 percent i mean there's a lot of big dividend hikes isn't there this this year uh, yeah because you know i think like but this is oil and gas companies yeah i think they just have a lot of um, cash flow still coming in so they can do this uh, buybacks uh, and buybacks often contribute to the fact that then the dividend gross dividend hike overall doesn't need to be so much because it's already uh, paid with by the buyback yeah so yeah um, and then we've got British American Tobacco, who I'll speak about later, um, hiked their dividend by a mere 2%. Um, Valmet raised their dividend by 3.8%. And according to one of our Facebook members, they are now a European dividend aristocrat. Yeah, this was so funny, first of all, because Lars Eric, I believe two or three days ago, I think he had like six, seven posts on Facebook because we have this on, we have this habit on Facebook to say kaboom dividend yes. hike, right? Yeah. And <laughs> on a single day, I think he must have had half his portfolio hiking the dividends with with quite solid uh, dividend hikes. So it was so funny to see him. This is also what I love about the community, right? The, uh, we're, we're like kids in a candy store when we see these dividend hikes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just uh, funny to to, to uh, see uh, this. I find it funny when someone posted no kaboom today or something, something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I, had the, I had the other day kapoof because it was so <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> uh, but let's not forget about some of our US friends. Um, we've got PepsiCo, who we'll speak about again on the show, um, hiked their dividend by 7%. And that's up to $5.42 annually. Um, he or she, um, HSY, They've hiked their dividend by 15%. I mean, these guys have been on, I don't know if they've been on sale, but they certainly have dropped over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and if if you bought into it, you're going to be rewarded with a nice 15% raise there, which is, I think it's incredible for, for that type of company. Um, and then we have Simon Property Group, which hiked their dividend by 2.6%. 
Um, yeah, and SPG is uh, continues to impress me. It's it's one of those few A-rated real estate investment trusts together with Realty Income. Yeah, and and they they are effectively, I believe, also having a stake in in one of the French uh, uh, shopping mall real estate investment trusts. Is it yeah. Clapier? Uh, I believe. I, th I think so. I, I don't know. Yeah, one of those. Income. Yeah. So it is also a large European presence, but they they continue to impress me. Yeah. yeah. And and what about this one then? What about 3M and uh, their dividend of 0.7%? Not 1%, 0.7%. Yeah, because they hiked it with a cent per, yeah. per per quarter. Yeah. I mean, we know all about 3M, right? The litigations, they're, they're just screwed. They, they, they have no wiggle room. They want to keep their status as a, you know, as a dividend aristocrat, dividend king, but they're screwed. Yeah. Do you know what? The more and more that I'm, I'm in this game, I, I, I actually prefer the European model where they increase it based on earnings and not on this status because that's a, that's really a bullshit race, and it's it's purely yeah. it's purely designed to keep their dividend king status, which I don't believe they can they can maintain. So uh, yeah. I don't I don't understand it. I would much prefer them to come out and say, "Look, we're in a we're in a whole world of trouble here." We're not yeah. raising the dividend for that reason. We'll protect it, the business now. Yeah, exactly. It, it it makes sense. I know it's only a penny, but I mean, to me, it's a it's a slap in the face as a dividend grow investor. Yeah, fair. yeah. Um, but at least gives us enough time to sell it, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, what about Walt Disney? We both sold them. Yeah, they are now a dividend company again, and they are hiking. Well, it says hikes by fifty percent, but their their dividend will now be forty five sent by annually and they've also yeah. announced a three billion buyback um yeah and they also announced uh, an investment in epic games with fortnite uh, at oh. the same time so they also i believe are going to finally launch an esps espn streaming i believe next year yeah, yeah. i mean they're making steps but um you know show me the money yeah that, that 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 that's what it is all about for me and uh, i'm I, you know i i use disney plus already for a long time and and because it's a bit more kid friendly but i i just turned on netflix the other day uh, because with the missus we wanted to 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 watch a certain series again if you see the content difference between disney it's just not comparable disney yeah. is is boring compared to that so i there's still so much work to do Disney yeah. and I, I'm not buying into it for the dividends. Um, it's it's not the company anymore that it used to be from that point of view. They're struggling. I mean, they seem a little not. It's a bit harsh to say, but they seem a little bit lost in in that regards. I mean, they cut the dividend because they wanted to be a growth stock, and now they're they what they're no longer a growth stock. So, well, the the issue is in this business, content is king. Mm. Yes. What is a popular? Disney movie that you as an adult let's say an important target group because you have money in your pocket that you remember from the last year and now tell me a Netflix series or movie that you have seen yeah that's true that is true that, that Netflix is definitely doing better I actually can't think of any Disney ones and that's that's really sad actually Con content is king content is king yeah yeah no I'm not a huge movie buff so I might be the wrong person to ask but you, you would think you would no. remember something but then this business model of of disney they need content for their disney parks to have new attractions to get keep people going 
they, they needed for so much for the merchandising and everything so and if they're not really they're, they're just milking out existing things like yeah. like do we need another avenger movie <laughs> yeah uh our star wars that, but but new no but but if you go to netflix it's continuously something new and and, yeah. and popular right so um and then i i could see netflix also maybe one day having a, a park or something like that for instance for stranger things they could you know i could i can't i can't imagine that one time they make a park with you know ghost house or whatever this the 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 upside down from stranger things they could do all this what netflix is, is still ahead of it yeah content is king in this business and disney is not on top of it and that's that's what's scary here yeah um and then a couple other dividends actually they're not dividend hikes they are dividend flatness i would say um unilever kept their dividend flat again and again i'll speak about them later on and union pacific keeps their dividend now for eight quarters without a dividend hike yeah so they're they're not doing a good job rewarding us no no not uh, what did you do with unilever you 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 had some considerations there did you make any decision yeah i did i'll tell you when we when we get there but I, okay I, good i am um, i did make my decision on good. Them. but do you know what let's start let's start with unilever will we? Uh, soon yeah. as, soon as you asked the question we might as well start start with unilever um and it, look <laughs> it wasn't a fantastic performance from them they did break their duck in terms of volumes so their volumes were declined declining for i think six six or seven quarters in a row um the volumes are up albeit by 0.2 percent so it's not it's not something that breaks the bank by any means but at least it they've seen the bottom out in, in terms of volume um what i what i do like and what i am impressed about this company is the ceo hein schumacher i watched his first sorry, chat i feel like he's straight talking no bs kind of guy and he, he pulled no punches i have to say in 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 this report in this call as well um they are in terms of gaining market share they are not really gaining as much as they want i think it was at 37 percent um over the last 12 months which quite frankly is not good enough for a company like unilever but he says it straight out he said look volume increased for the first time in, in 10 quarters actually not six um in 10 quarters but and in quotes, our competitiveness remains disappointing and our performance needs to improve. And to be honest, it's quite refreshing for him to say that he didn't pull no punches. Um, Unilever like to hide behind this USG, U UVS, this oh, their sales growth, their underlying sales growth, volume growth. But actually he's saying, look, we're not winning market share. Our power brands are not doing what they should be doing. It's quite disappointing and, and we need to do that. They've talked about this growth action plan, but again, it it doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Do you get me? It's just words on a, on a on a page for me. Um, but what he's saying is they're putting basically new leadership teams in place to maybe start the foundations of of growing these out. They're going to focus on these thirty power brands, um, and that's great. How they're going to focus on it, I don't know. But what's interesting is marketing is going to go up quite a bit and it's already increased 14 percent over the last quarter as well so i think they're really going to push push hard um but it, look in terms of performance it's been as i said it, it looks like they've bottomed out where they were over the last four or five quarters um turnover has been flat everything else has been flat 
their depth has been flat they're not paying that down and also their dividend they they haven't grown it again which is also disappointing but you with the ever so eagle eye had spotted that they changed their dividend policy um to which is now a competitive dividend i i believe so it's no longer Another competitive but they they removed the word growing dividend growing dividend yes so, so they are not committed anymore to growing dividend which really i i find it disappointing and a bit sneaky because there was not an announcement in the policy yeah yeah, yeah. and i remember you spotting that and you emailing investor relations on that so and i mean i guess you can see that because again they haven't raised the dividend so you can see it's it's not a priority for them and, and look he's a new ceo coming in he's under pressure the business is under pressure he needs to perform um comparing them to their us peers they are deeply undervalued but that's because they're not not performing so he's he's got a huge challenge around him i, I get the same vibes from him as i do from pat gelsinger um but i he, i mean he does have he does have a big job um ahead of him in terms of volume, as I said, it was up 2%, but he's struggling. Ice cream is, is struggling. Nutrition is also struggling. Um, luckily, they have personal care and beauty and well-being, which are two of the biggest markets anyway, which are which help prop up that that sales. But yeah, I think he's got a big job, big job to do. And, and look, you've asked me what I did with my shares, and I sold them. Um, I, look, I don't see them as a dividend growth company anymore. They're not. They've, they've kept mm -hmm. it flat. They do seem undervalued. You need a lot of patience with this, but all I'm seeing at the moment is words. I'm not seeing what the action plan is. I, I don't really grasp the full concept of that yet. Um, and for me, it's just it's just dead money. The share price didn't move in three years. The dividend didn't grow in three years. And you've got other companies out there that are doing much better. So I want my money to work harder for me and, and not have to wait as long. So I still think it's a, it's a good company. I do like the CEO. I think it's got huge potential, but I don't think it's going to move too fast in the next 12 months. And maybe at the end of of this year, we might start to see what the CEO is actually delivering. And I would not be opposed to re-entering a position into them. But at the moment, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it gives, what is it, a 3.8% yield at no growth. You, you can get your realty income at a 5% yield with a 2-3% growth which yeah. is having it's, it's it's both very much uh let's say a very safe play right um yeah but you get growth you can take even an n group at a seven or eight percent yield with with double digit growth uh at the moment so yeah, I'm, yeah I'm with you i'm with you it's one of my largest positions in the portfolio like the top 10 and i i'm i'm not considering selling totally but i'm considering to move it from a you know, a tier one to a tier three or tier four stock and just trim half of it and redeploy the money elsewhere. Um, because my thesis is not playing out with the company. And I agree with you, the CEO seems to be on the game. Uh, maybe if I when, if I would then, uh, how you say, in your case, maybe you would need to step back in, in 50, at 55 or 60 and, and, and lose out on some, but at least then you know that the company is growing again and dividend is growing. Yeah yeah that's that's exactly it. look it's a shame i think it's a fantastic company it has so much potential um, it has fantastic history it's not a fantastic company anymore right yeah but it has great brands but it's not a fantastic company anymore and the ceo is effectively doing a turnaround the, yeah. the only good thing is like such a company like that doesn't decline year over year of 10 15 percent 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on on the basis that it's a consumer staple and, and exactly so popular, so but that's yeah. also means the way around. You yeah. don't grow it just like that 10 15 percent either. Yeah, so it, it it'll be interesting to sit back and and watch this. Honestly, if if it jumped up 25 percent in the morning, I I made my decision. I'm happy with it. But yeah. sitting back, I'm I, I want I really want this company to do well. So I hope yeah. um, I hope he it's does. It's the European so, pride. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. So hey, then look at another. Let's look at another company. Then, company then, because I've been looking into L'Oreal a little bit. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I I own a single share in in it, very proudly. Um, the company uh, really dropped. Yeah, it dropped by it was seven or eight um, percent uh, when the earnings were released, and that's very interesting because if i tell you that the sales grew 11 percent like for like and 7.6 percent if you take the currency and everything out you wouldn't expect a company to drop so much right you wouldn't so not not in a million years no <laughs> no 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 and if i tell you that the earnings per share are now 12 euros up by 7.3 percent they hiked the dividend by 10 percent they've got Cash flow of six billion euros up by twenty four percent, and the company declined by eight nine percent. That's crazy. Yeah. Look, hey, it's all about China. China is a weaker uh, consumer at the moment. That's it. But you know, we look so much about China. So I I'll give you the facts here. Yeah. In twenty twenty two, Europe made eleven point four billion in sales. How many how much sales do you think North Asia, where China is included, made? Eleven point three billion. So this business line of North Asia declined to ten point six billion, and it was nine point eight billion in twenty twenty one. So it's still much more than in twenty twenty one. You know what Europe did? It went from eleven point four billion to thirteen billion. Now, tell me where this makes sense. Tell me where this makes sense. Europe is showing showing very high growth numbers, much more than we could have even expected from China. But yeah. because China is down, we 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 smash the company. Uh, we we get we slap the company. For me, some uh, sometimes this doesn't make sense. Of course, probably uh, some analysts would have said, "Well, we accounted on both Europe and North Asia." But I've been studying L'Oreal. And everything is about China, China, China. People are looking there like thousands of miles away at China. Well, they forget that in their own cities, people are massively buying L'Oreal and the lipstick and everything, which is so so insane when you think about it. it, it but I, I also find it bizarre because the weakening consumer in China is not a new thing. You, you didn't have to wait for this earnings call to know that China is weakening in terms of the consumer i mean it's been all exactly. over the news for the last six six weeks um you wrote an article on louis vuitton i wrote about one of my key risks there is they rely a little bit more heavily in, in china than say l'oreal do so based on that weakening consumer that to me is a bigger risk for louis vuitton right but it's not a new thing but yet <laughs> they come out and say okay china's a bit weaker than than europe and it drops by seven eight percent but it makes me, europe is the big surprise here so yeah, i would have expected like an eight ten percent up yeah yeah 
<laughs> so you know that this is very interesting very very interesting for me so hey you know a 12 euro eps at the moment mm. so it's still it's still a pretty high multiple right so there's a lot of growth still priced into this company so maybe it has to do a little bit with that but then to your point then people shouldn't be surprised with the china numbers that are coming out everywhere yeah um you know nice nice thing right if you look at the free cash flow it is around 6.2 billion yeah. only three and a half billion goes to dividends half a billion to share repurchase repurchases so this is this is really really solid business very cash flow rich healthy balance sheet so yeah Mats the pilots asks us like what caused the drop in l'oreal today i think it's uh, the china he thought it was a good report wants to buy some more or he did buy some more and i understand that you get it now for was it 400 euro and change yeah so at this at this um well attractively priced i wouldn't say i think this is kind of the charlie munger one high quality company at a fair price yeah instead of a, a fair company at a undervalued price that's how i look at l'oreal um yeah share price can go up they can also go down from here but very interesting uh how the market responded to a very solid report where in my opinion china was already kind of expected but not the european one yeah yeah it, it'd be interesting if the china drum keeps keeps beating will will it put the share price under pressure and, it, and if it does based on what what we've seen in europe it presents yeah. and it will present a really good opportunity with l'oreal probably a lifetime, yeah a and, and, and what the issue is i think there are some companies that over the last 10 years have mainly been outperforming or performing so strongly because of growth in china think about starbucks as an yeah. example yeah uh, but also louis vuitton if china is really going to change uh, in, in in with the consumer over the next few years all these companies with high multiples will be severely under pressure because it means that one of their main catalysts dro dropped away so yeah let, let's see how 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 it goes further in the upcoming year let's say around china yeah um but yeah that i mean that's a risk reward that's exposure you have in your portfolios yeah exactly but overall strong strong performance in my opinion strong uh performance given all we knew already up front yeah i was I, I was actually i was giggling actually when we're going through the dividend hikes so i think you you've wrote about three of the companies in the newsletter and all three of them had double digit dividend hikes all, all three of them i mean what are the chances yeah, that's just yeah no that's just coincidence and <laughs> and all three i i chose because i know they are very high quality companies yeah yeah and the one i wrote about was british american tobacco and that had a a, a poorly two percent dividend hike um but look we were asked el cuba asked us what our thoughts about british american tobacco and honestly I think this earnings is like a tale of two halves. It's like a football game. You've got the first half, which is their old combustible unit, which I think there's no surprise at the moment that volumes are declining at a rapid rate. We're seeing that with with all all cigarette companies at the moment. So they're, they're still declining and still expected to decline. So that's putting huge pressure, obviously, on their share price, which has dropped. You're getting them for nearly a 9.5% 9, 9 yield. 
because of that, um, all three are the same, Philip Morris are the same. So they're all under pressure. Volumes are, are dropping. Um, we know to combat that they are trying to focus a little bit more on their new category products. And actually, what was really surprising is, and I think it's the first company to do so, is that they were slightly profitable on their new products, which is, I think it's, which is a big deal. Um, and the, the trend is really impressive, right? Because in 2020, the they were still making a billion loss on this stuff, and now they make yeah. make 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 a, a small profit. Yeah. So if this continues growing like that, it's 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 impressive. Now look, it's still a small part of their business. Their their overall growth was down eight percent, but it's still still impressive. And I have to say, I only got to listen to half of the earnings call. Um, I was listening to my car, and the internet was dropping in and out, but. He was the CEO was quick, quick to say, okay, look, we've seen some really strong growth over the last three years. We expect it to grow, but please do not expect it to be as linear as it has been over. So I think he's basically saying, okay, look, it's been good over the last few years, but prepare for the next mm -hmm. two or three years to be a little bit more choppy. So I think that's important, important to say. But look, I, I think I think it's impressive that they were able to do that. Um what's also quite impressive is that their free cash flow was eight point four billion. They are wow estimating that to be 40 billion combined over the next five years so that average so was about eight, 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 billion, billion, yeah. eight billion a year you look at their dividends it's only 5.1 billion so they can cover that they can cover that they can yeah. probably increase it by one or two percent which i don't care that would give me nine percent if you buy them at the moment but what i also like is that they are starting to pay down their debt as well um, which i think is smart i think it's really smart particularly as we're, we're seeing volume declining there's going to be a tipping point where where that's going to reach a phase where there's there's no going back and they can't raise prices too much more and they can't offset the the volume by that so i think it's smart to start to pay down their debt now so lowering debt well covered dividends new product categories growing and positive this year so i i think it's been i think it's been a good a, a good quarter for them and and look they have reiterated their commitment to growing the dividend in sterling not in euros or, or dollars so in, in sterling terms and um, which i think is is good and they've also committed to reducing their debt as well um and look listening to the errands call i think i think the ceo is is doing a good job there the, look they're in transition new categories there's going to be lots of regulations coming in we don't know what those regulations are going to be. We, that's new. So th there's lots of uncertainty there. So I think you're getting rewarded with that, with the high yield. But certainly, if they can plateau on this volumes decline, I, I mean, they, they look like a good opportunity to, to buy these. Yeah. And then weren't they also supposed to turn the buyback machine on a bit again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they mentioned they were buying backs. Uh, listen to me, said sustainable buybacks um, at sustainable prices. So... Yeah, but the, if they take a, a let's say one and a half billion buyback annually or a billion, that will probably mean what the dividend growth will be. Because if you get it now at nine and a half percent yield, yeah, and if they grow by two percent per year, that's enough for that because they then you have a double digit return and they can make this two percent by just buying like one and a half billion back, use the other one and a half billion to pay down debt at, the, at this moment, and you're good. And and are super cheap at the moment, so it makes it exactly makes, it makes sense. Exactly. To do that. So it's um, yeah, it 
really interesting, a really interesting case, I think, British American yeah. tobacco. Well, what, I, what I appreciate about British American tobacco, right? Because if you look at the share price just over the last year, it's 20% down. Yeah, 20% down. Um, even over the last five years, it's minus 15%. So, but, you know, if you buy now and you have this almost 10% dividend yield already, management is managing this very well. Yeah, because they've been because this is where I want to get give credit. They're in a declining business. They have this kind of building embedded tomorrow strategy that we always make fun of. <laughs> but they are innovating continuously. Yeah. They were able to come with these new products. They were able to 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 get Philip Moritz, I believe, to stop or was Altria to stop this uh, selling this stuff because of patent uh, infringement yeah. it's all a result of their innovation capabilities and the fact that they're really doing well here for me is very impressive their 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 payout ratios are around 50 60 percent of the dividend so you really have a a safe dividend at a 10 percent yield which which is just an yeah an outcome of a conservative management style i would say yeah yeah as a safe dividend while they're strengthening their balance sheet it's not strong exactly by any means, exactly but, but they are strengthening it so uh, uh, it puts you i think it puts you in a good position over the next five to six maybe not long term because we don't yeah. know but yeah four to five years i think this is a, could be a really solid investment yeah and then i said you don't have um like like altria or something like that where the yield is uh, where the payout ratio is already 85 percent yes yeah, yes. they can they really have wiggle room to to protect the dividend even if for instance cash flow would decline for whatever reason yeah and uh, i can't see it happening if they can maintain that eight billion a year i mean over the next five years we're in a we're in a strong place yeah oh nice one nice one uh good to see you know i don't own them unfortunately uh, well someone said like well i own them on trading 212 that's technically probably true be, be, because of my uh, noble 30 pie there um but yeah don't tell the the missus <laughs> your secret safe with me and the thousands of listeners <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i don't i i look at it as an index fund not as an individual holding uh, i think it's funny uh, i think i own some banks via my pension plan that i have because it's invested in index funds yeah and it's just uh it's just let's say an s p 500 so there must be banks in there right <laughs> if i could only choose <laughs> <laughs> having um, said that yes. um i wanted to go to hershey and yadi dia funny name uh he, he wanted to really uh hear the opinion after the dividend hike that we just spoke about this crazy dividend hike hey look sales have been just flat yeah they made uh, 2.6 billion in the fourth quarter 0.2 percent increase that's the headline uh organically it decreased by 0.1 if you if you take the currency uh, translation out um they also decreased their eps uh to to 1.7 dollar per share and overall 11.5 percent um full year looks a little bit better they increased by 7.2 percent organically also but that is because late last year they could pass on the inflation to the consumer yeah that i think they're struggling now with again price hikes uh and not impacting the volume yeah but there is also another thing there um the cacao pricing 
yeah, and sugar costs are, are quite high. Um, so if you look at their full year outlook going forward, they effectively to expect sales to be like two to three percent, but their EPS to be flat compared to what it is this year. And that's why I'm so surprised that it's hiking its dividend by 15%. Why would you do that if your 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 earnings are flat, your sales are flat next year? Are they thinking let's reward the shareholders with a 15% hike? Because um, I said um, because they will not get any capital appreciation, or it is because of the Hershey um, charity uh, that that has the school and everything. Maybe their costs went up by 10, 12% due to inflation year over year, and they require this dividend hike to cover the, the salaries and everything, right? Because that's a special thing here about Hershey. Yeah. That um and, and this is what I really like, right? What 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 the founders have done, they created this institution, gave it a large uh, share in in, in 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 the Hershey company, but where it depends on the dividend to, to fund itself very clever yeah it made a dependency there so uh Mondelez wanted to buy hershey a few years ago but they couldn't because they didn't want to be sold because it would put this foundation uh, at risk yeah so for me it's a very nice um, example of how you can protect your wealth that you've been building in a very clever way so i don't know what's driving really this 15 percent, but it it really surprised me uh, to answer the question yeah it was not needed they could have hiked by five six percent saying like hey we keep kind of normal average because our eps will be flat next year uh still i would say with the dividend of 5.4 dollar per share the forward payout ratio is still around 57 percent very very healthy so they they had the wiggle room to do it, but I think management didn't need to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of the highlights, and yeah, the input cost, the commodity costs are 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 yeah, what is causing an issue for them. But also, I think competition, right? Um, uh, my son, for instance, he is really he sees this Mr. Beast chocolate, yeah. Uh, in in the shop that's what's dr drawing his attention and while i'm not in america or never in america really i did hear that they are getting a lot of shelf space so i think competition is really fierce at the moment uh, for her she because of um yeah new products um uh, yeah competing for the shelf space and if you need to compete with mr beast that's a tough one that's a tough one so and and then still make, hitting these numbers is quite quite good but the market is uh, very fierce at the moment for them yeah yeah tough tough marketing you have to remember these guys have been on an absolute tear since covid i mean they yeah. were if i remember they were close to a hundred a hundred dollars near near them maybe 120 and and they shot up to nearly nearly 400 so does it present a good a good opportunity I, I think they'll still be under pressure in 2024. Yeah, we might see we might see better prices, but 15% hike is is definitely surprising. It could it could be just a show of strength as well to say, look, yeah. hey, we we're still here, we're still here. So my my rule was always with Hershey, you buy it around the 2.75% yield. Where it is now? That's yeah. where it is now. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's always been my rule. Um, because it's such a high quality company it hardly ever comes into that into that range but still you know you what is then 
10 dollars let's say to those you still get like you still pay 22 pe ratio for this which is still very uh very high very high i would say yeah, yeah. but nibbling a bit in not too bad i would argue yeah um okay um i'll move on to my last one which was snap on and we're really drawn to this because we got questions from Niniok Anders and we also got one from Lars as well so we kind of figured something big had happened they had dropped quite significantly about 10% um and I was looking I mean the slides there's only about three or four slides um I was looking through it and I, I couldn't see it for ages so like their, their overall sales quarter over quarter grew by 3.5 percent um organic sales made up 2.2 percent of that there were some acquisitions which accounted for 0.5 percent and they had some actual positive currency um which gave them a 0.8 percent boost um their gross margin um went up from actually went down slightly it was 48.5 it went down to 48.3 um their earnings per share was up 7.5 percent um, so I was looking. I was looking through the report, and honestly, I was there. Why? Why is it struggling? Was why did the share price drop so much? Um, and then you look at the individual segments that they have. So commercial and industrial, they actually had a sales gain of eleven point six percent. So that equates to about three point three. And they say that's primarily due to a double-digit gain in the sale, um, in the sale to customers in the critical industries. Um, but that's partially offset by the sales of power tools. Then they have this snap-on tool, and this is the part that struggled. Um, they had an organic sales decline of 31 million, which is 5.7%. And this is really because of poor sales in the US, which is their biggest market. Um, so that's that's actually driven their whole share price decline, because that's where everything else has come from. Their, their other segment repair systems, which is quite smaller, um, had actually a 2% increase. So. On the balance of it, it looks like a weak consumer in terms of power tools and tools in the United States is what's causing this to to drop in price. Um, it doesn't give too much away, I have to say, on on the press release and also I think four or five slides. So I would wait for the annual report to get a bit more favour, a bit more understanding of of the impact of this. Um, but honestly, it didn't look as bad to warrant that drop, in my opinion. If, if i yeah. was looking at it but I, I need i need to understand a bit more around that consumer why it's dropping up and what their expectations is I, I didn't get any guidance here so what are they expecting in yeah. 2024 will it weaken even more or will it stabilize um which is interesting yeah. so this is where the earnings call might be interesting to dive into yes yes i, I think I, I think maybe listening to the transcript might give a, mm -hmm. a bit more a bit more information on that yeah okay cool well, it's a very nice stock, and I, I I still regret that I didn't buy it at $200 when it was trading there like two years ago or so. So hopefully we get a chance again anytime soon. Hey, um, PepsiCo, I want to talk about, and Giuseppe Santa, he asked also about this, and, and because he would love to hear our analysis, but really quickly, a sidestep, you also asked uh, about my dividend portfolio tracking template, that it's not tracking his UK holdings correctly that's true that's because of google pence versus pound um i believe on my blog i even put in the comments what you can do there uh Giuseppe. so if you go to the blog article about that one 
look in the comments. I think I, I, I gave an instruction on what uh, cells to, to change to, to make this work. Needs a bit of a workaround uh, for UK stocks. Having said that, going to Pepsi, look, the the numbers were not so good, I, I would say, at least for the fourth quarter, like slight decline in revenue. Um, yeah, it's just nothing really yeah um there was some organic uh, uh revenue growth then organically of 4.5 percent but also the uh the eps well it was just not so good if you look at the annual report uh, annual results it looks a bit better um six uh, percent full year organic growth uh, full year revenue growth mm, but you know the issue that the company really had this this season or this year was the the pepsico beverages north america and and this is really interesting so we're talking here about pepsi coke effectively in north america uh, while sales was up by a billion so let's say three four percent it just got hammered in the profit and that was because i read somewhere they had 37 percent higher in input costs or something like that wow. so they were just not able to really pass that on to the consumer on the other hand, Europe, uh, the Europe segment was was making a loss last year of 1.3 billion, and now they they over the full year made 800 million um, uh, profits. So other other business units were able to do the heavy heavy lifting for for the impact of the North America uh, Pepsi business, let's say. So. Um, that's the benefit of a diversified diversified company, but if PepsiCo would only be the the cola, I would hand over Fisco for Coca Cola because the margins are already much higher with Coca Cola, the the better managed in that area. But it's the chips and everything that is doing so well for um, um, for PepsiCo because. At less sales, they're typically making more profit on the Frito-Lay business. So it just says that the, the chips for them is a higher margin business than, than, than the Pepsi itself, which is, which is what we know about PepsiCo, right? Uh, but um, yeah, it will be that Coca-Cola already uh, announced the earnings because if Pepsi is struggling really in North America, I'm very curious what Coca-Cola uh, has done or will do here as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but you're, you're right. I'm keen to see that myself, how, how they perform. I'm surprised actually with their dividend hike, it was so so high, um, particularly with their high, high payout ratio. I think it's close to yeah. 80, 85%. So yeah. it's not, not much more regular. I think they did a big hike last year for a member 10% or so. And it's all the time around 80, 85%. Uh, yeah, this this dividend. And I wish that they make it lower by just giving smaller hikes at the moment. I mean, if the company can't really afford it, right, then don't do it. But what they're doing, they're they're estimating around 8 billion in um, free cash flow. And of this, seven will go to to dividends and and the other billion will go to share repurchases they don't need to repurchase yeah it's not like the the shares are cheap just yeah. pay down debt yeah just pay down debt uh grow the dividend a bit slower i i'm okay with this if it's a bit of a slower growing uh dividend for the coming years but give yourself this discussion uh, this wiggle room uh, i don't understand it. it it expects to grow for instance 
8% in EPS next year, 4% in organic revenue. Take the 8%, deliver on it, and give me a 4% hike. And do that a few times in a row. Get the dividend back to 70 or 60%. You know, uh, leverage a bit down instead of uh, buybacks because at, at these PEs, it doesn't make sense. We will be in a much better better place. And, and I hope with this, I also answered the question of they'll be here. Um, yeah, they seem to navigate the high payout ratio, but I, I don't need it. I don't like it. It's a high quality business. Don't, 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 don't fool me with high dividend hikes when you can hardly afford it. Yeah, yeah. And um, by the way, Coca-Cola is out on the 13th, um, so a couple of days time. So that'd be, okay, cool. that'd be one to look at. Um, so we move on to some listeners' questions. We've got quite a few to get through. So we will start with, um, Stegen, um, he's asked us, Stein. You, uh, Stein. Stein, Stein, okay. Um, have you ever thought about relocating to a country with lower taxes or a low cost of living? Well, from Poland, that, then I would need to go to Mozambique or Ethiopia or something like that. <laughs> because because uh, for me, there's not really a geo arbitrage, arbitrage opportunity. If there's anything that I sometimes daydream about, it's like, moving to portugal or something like that relatively tax friendly um, but I, I i will not never do that with my kids at these ages um, if they are living on their own maybe then i could say like you know what uh, buy a buy a summer holiday house yeah in portugal at the seaside spend there more than 200 days a year so that you need to pay your taxes there but but for instance spend the summer in poland and be with the kids and family something like that yeah, I, I I could tell you for for a fact my wife would not move. Um, she's she's a homebird and would never live out of Ireland. And honestly, the older I'm getting, the more I think I wouldn't bother either. I mean, all my friends, all my family, everything I know is here. So it's what, much more important. Much yeah, more important. yes. What what am I going to do? Get up and leave everyone, <laughs> leave everything, drag my wife halfway across the world to a, a low cost of living and have nobody there makes it makes no nah. sense makes and no then sense. and then you die of a heart attack a week later <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um philip has asked us uh, you've recently talked about trimming positions from your portfolio by selecting best companies in a given sector i want to ask you the opposite if you're happy with your positions how do you choose a company in which you enlarge your position in a given week or month well, I do this sometimes, you know, uh, I work with this tier one to four uh, system and sometimes I understand the company better. Um, let's say HPQ, HP Inc. It was a tier four company. I moved it to tier three and maybe even to tier two at a certain moment. So, so that allows me to buy a bit more again. I have already quite a decent position. So I'm not buying now, but if there's an opportunity that it goes to, I don't know, $26 or something like that, I might be pounding the table. So this tier system allows me to sometimes upgrade a company, and which means effectively I can buy more of it. I give my allow myself to buy more. But for instance, with Unilever, I will probably decline it. And by declining or lowering Unilever, I would need to put another uh, company in place where I create space for myself again. Those are usually the ones that are, in my opinion, at that moment having momentum and being a high quality company. Yeah. So I'm doing this actively, both on the on the positive and on the negative side. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen too often because I don't want to have have it happen too often, right? Maybe once, twice a year. That's it. Yeah, of course. Cause because I mean you have your thesis and if you have to constantly yeah. drop them out, that means something in your selection process Excellent. is wrong. Um inherently. So it is it is tough. I mean, you you look at it, you could look at it from a valuation point of view, but then you have companies we spoke about. We spoke about British American tobacco, for example, who is heavily undervalued. But do you really want to keep buying that type of quality of company who's I would not say the highest quality, I would put a medium mm -hmm. quality, um, just because they're undervalued. Um, so yeah. I, I, do, I do look at value a little bit more, but I don't want to be overweight in a particular company, particularly as my portfolio is relatively small, I would say, yeah. because that increases my risk. So I try and balance it out over my portfolio yeah. over over the year based on because there's always one or two of the companies yeah. that i believe the valuation is attractive so that's that's what i try and do uh -huh. nice um richard has asked us um create creation of an edgi dividend portfolio for fun perhaps based on polling your followers um he'd happily throw some sharpening towards this so what would your five must-haves in this theoretical portfolio be 10 year timeline so really really quickly i haven't thought it through and, and a little bit diversified so consumer staple i would take ahold del Heze. um industrial i would take siemens yes i, agree. I would take defama as a real estate investment trust i would take lvmh no 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 i would take at current prices probably l'oreal as, as more like kind of a luxury company yeah uh, so there's four and then what sector am i missing Maybe. Uh, industrials technology materials yeah, industrials i had already oh, yeah, so i would go there for energy i would take shell yeah. yeah yeah um i would probably pick agree realty over the family that's not european is it just european yeah european digital growth dividend growth uh, investing portfolio ah very good so i won't pick agree realty um if i would stick european i would stick with tr property trust um that's a cef purely because they invest in a whole range of european mm -hmm. REITs. um and i find european REITs quite quite difficult compared to to the us ones um agree with our whole agree with siemens what should you pick l'oreal it's just your own um no i i would pick siemens would definitely <laughs> definitely yeah. my, my one but there, there is a company that's that's quite interesting um out there it's a semiconductor one which is called melexis which i'm i'm looking at mm -hmm. at the moment um it's a play on automation but also in electric vehicles without investing in electric vehicles or, yeah. or the automation or the automotive industry so i think that's that's quite a good one as well um and then i'm going to stick with some more investment trusts as well so there's yeah, I, I'm, I'm really heavy on green coach uk wind i i think i think renewable energy is is here for for the long yeah. run so so why not iberdrola um iberdrola is is hydrogen 10 euro 60 10 euro 60 it's coming into it's coming into a good price um but also uk wind have a specific dividend policy that hikes it in line with inflation so you're you're always in line with inflation so if inflation is is 20 percent you're getting a 20 percent dividend hike i don't think iberdrola has the same type of dividend policy okay yeah yeah good um we, we, we will do it as a poll yeah i will put this as a poll yeah. in the in the podcast and see what others uh, yeah. choose 
I, I actually wish I'd read this question before before we got to this because I would have thought it thought it out. But it's um, I think it's a good poll to ask. Um, Pavel had asked us about claiming refunds of dividend tax. Have you had any successes? I, I've had success with the Swiss from Switzerland, not with Germany. If Germany didn't accept my papers, and but I hear mixed stories there. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. From the hero, um, yeah. Plasen um, has asked us, what are your guilty pleasure spendings? Um, my guilty pleasure spendings that, um, I mean, for me in the summer, it's ice cream. <laughs> like, like, like not, not from the supermarket, right? Uh, yeah, proper. The scoops. Proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mine is coffee um i honestly i buy some load of coffee i'm not going to get rich according to um <laughs> according to fi on, on twitter but i just because you know do you know what it is i you know this over the weekends i'm away pretty much yeah. all, all the time the kids are playing matches they're traveling yeah. all over the place so it's good actually to sit down with my wife i work during yeah. the week it's probably the only time we get to sit down and have a chat. So we, we, yeah. we try and do that. If it's 15 minutes, have a coffee and we sit down and, and chat. It's, it's, it's nice. nice. I actually miss owning a coffee shop because I never used to have to pay for it. And now I do. So it, it's, <laughs> it kind of sucks. Um, John, Johnny English has asked us, what is your take on the broker app Trade Republic? Um, I can't use it. It's not available for me. Oh, I believe it's mainly in Germany, right? Um, I th I don't know. I've you can definitely use it in the Republic of Ireland because I've seen it pop up on okay. our boards quite a bit and in some of the FI groups that I'm in. So it's definitely possible to use it from here, but I have never used it, so I, I don't know. Um, I'm quite yeah. happy with with the two I'm in. I I don't need a third one yet. Yeah. Um, so maybe as my portfolio grows, I'll expand. But at the moment, I, I don't yeah. know. Sorry, John. Um, Lord Willie Coyote, that's <laughs> great name. Um, what shares or sectors are showing warning signs looking to sell? Well, of course, all those with litigation. But uh, if you look at the shares, but if I think about an industry that I would avoid at all costs, is office real estate at the moment. I, I, I just don't see still, although more and more companies are strengthening their in office policy again. I just don't see it ever returning to where it was. I, I just don't see it. And they're heav heavily loaded with debt and just one little thing needs to go wrong and, and this can all collapse. That's that's how I think about it. So office real estate, I would, would stay away from as far as I can. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a it's a tough industry. And of course we had Brad Thomas on who, who spoke about yeah. how difficult that was as well in, in that industry. But the ones that are left, um there are some strong ones there if you you can pick but you you i think you need to know that industry you need to know the yeah. areas of where these offices are fairly well because it it's going to be different based yeah. on geographic um geographic reasons so yeah i think i think i think that's a good one to to choose david has asked us um i think two episodes earlier you mentioned in the discussion that they are great swiss stocks perhaps you could explain this topic a little bit more um I, I know i know we spoke we've done some episodes on top swedish stocks and stuff like that so i think 
Swiss would actually be a good one to do. There are some good companies. I yeah. I spoke about Roche on this so show quite a bit. Um, we've got ABB. Um, we've got a couple of others. I I look. I find I struggle because I don't invest in Swiss stocks directly because of the high dividend tax. Yeah. Um, so I I don't give it too much attention. But I think it's it could definitely warrant a show because, yeah, I think it does have some high quality companies there. Yeah. Um, and Rafi has asked us, um, have you ever considered as a value play or just for fun to invest in a sports club um, like Borussia Dortmund, for example, or even uh, the UFC or WWE or those type of companies, like a sports company? No, no, because uh, sports is emotions. And actually, I don't like it that those clubs are owned and traded on the stock exchange like Manchester United and uh, Ajax is similar. Uh, it's emotions. It's not for me investable. But as he mentioned, just for fun, um, no, because for fun, I buy an ice cream. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a serious investor, that's why. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I, I get what he means, but I, I no, I, the answer is simply no. I never considered it, really. Yeah, I mean, the only club that I would is Liverpool because I, I support them and I feel if I'm going to invest, even if it's just for fun, I want to be helping the club I, I support. I would never in a million years invest in someone like Manchester United. That that would break my heart. Um, but if I was a supporter, I, I could see. But as you said, there's too much emotion emotion involved in that. And and just because your club is doing well doesn't mean the share price is doing well. But speaking of which, did you see what happened? Ferrari share price when Lewis Hamilton got no, it went up. Oh, it went up. Yeah, it went up seven or eight percent it like jumped and went <laughs> just because well, of Lewis Hamilton so he's uh he has big boots to fill there I think um I believe Ferrari the last two seasons they are champion and making the wrong strategic decisions so <laughs> yeah yeah and this might be another one um keep walking has asked us what is your opinion in relation to realty income expanding into the European market yeah, and they bought more Decathlon stores. Uh, do you have them also in uh, Ireland, Decathlon? Uh, Decathlon, yeah, we have. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I love it because if you just want to have some quick stuff um, uh, for a holiday, camping gear, you can get it there. I don't go there for the very high quality stuff, but with the kids that grow so quickly, you know, a pair of, um, I don't know, uh, a sweater for sporting, it, it's 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 really good. You know, realty income is now at this size that it had to go into other territories, I guess. Um, it's such a big whale now. I, I just I just don't find the real estate market in Europe easy. So I feel that realty income's risk profile just increased already. And we saw it also with what they are buying, the properties in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. So for me, just... It's not anymore the um, the one that has the Walmart stores and the Dollar General only. It, it it needs to now make these moves, and I think it's increasing the risk in the portfolio. That that's what I think about this. I still think that the risk reward is well good enough. I also think that they have really good management. I just hope that they know what they are doing in Europe. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure they have good advisors or, or, or boots on the ground in Europe because it's a different landscape than than America in terms of real estate. So it's tough. But I mean, buying 30 Decathlon stores in Spain, 
those, yeah. seem too, those don't seem too risky to me. No, to and fair. those are really cheap buildings typically. Yeah. Some, some pieces of metal stuck together. Uh, yeah. So uh, if, they, if they stick to those types of stores, I mean, I'd have no risk. You, you could probably see him taking over some Aldi's or Lidl's and, and stuff like that yeah. as well. So, um, or by the Fama. <laughs> or, or by the Fama, yeah. They, they could do that. So it's, um, as you said, it does increase the risk, but I've, I have no issue with the types of properties that they're targeting at, at the moment. True, true. Um, David N. Yogi has asked us about Cisco Systems. Um, he's just opened a position and he would love to hear our opinion on them. I looked very often into them because they always had a really nice uh, yield in combination with dividend growth when I looked in them. And I'm talking about six, seven years ago. My issue is that I can't when I, because I always force myself to write down in my paper notes what is the thesis of buying them. I just can't. I, I, I just can't. I, I, I think, okay, the desktop phone that I used to have, we don't use it anymore. How many more switches do we need in the world? Uh, so for me, it is really hard. And I'm not... Yeah, no, it's it's easier for me to look at Ahold and see the lines and see that they're innovating with uh, self-checkout and everything. But with Cisco, I just don't. I, I, I feel like they missed out on, on a lot just over the years, right? And still, I think for what they are doing, they're doing it relatively high quality. But they, they missed out on a lot of technological trends over the last decades and that's why i'm not investing in it just it may be it may i may it may be a good investment but you need to have a feeling for it right with what you own yeah yeah i, I don't know is, is ai ai the play here or, or, or what's driving it but what i do know is there's a slight crossover in automation and the it world um and cisco is is known for its quality i mean we, yeah. we use all their switches when we're or buying yeah. new switches for our racks and stuff so i think it's quality products but I, I haven't stayed too close to to the company i remember looking at them five or six years ago and i was concerned about where the growth was coming from yeah um, and i haven't i haven't looked back into them since but looking at the share price it looked flat for that five or six years so yeah i assume my thesis was right at that time but i don't know what the play is here now is it is ai driving it now are they going more into the cloud um i don't know but as you said, it's a solid but, but Can you put a switch in the cloud? No, no, you can't put a switch in the cloud, but they do more than just switches. Okay. Um, because, but, yeah, you, you need a switch in the data center, probably. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, as you said, solid company, blue chip company. Uh, it's never going to go out of business anytime soon. Um, but I haven't stayed too close to it to give an honest opinion yeah. about, about what I think other than it's a great brand and I love working yeah. with their products. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gordon has asked us about Unilever and Danone. Um, we've spoke about Unilever already. Yeah. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Danone? They seem, they seem to be positioned a little bit better than Unilever. Uh, I think that the strategy of the, the CEO that I think uh, got into the game two years ago is starting to slowly play out uh, here. So the, the stock also starts to recover a little bit. I'm very curious to their earnings, let's say like that. But honestly, at this moment in time, I would not deploy any money in both of them. Yeah. Um, Abraham has asked us about Swedberg's group. Um, have you got a chance to look into them? No. 
no, no, sorry. I need to put put that one on the back burner. Yeah. He yeah. also asked uh, if we can make a dividend talk group on 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 X or Twitter. Um, I mean, Abraham, why don't you make it and just invite us? Uh, I, will, I, will, I will come there. For me, the issue is that I'm managing already so many social media areas that it's just a bit too much. But if you open up something, Abraham, and you call Dividend Talk, um, just send me an invite and we can share it on X and then maybe others will, will also join. Yep. Um, the next question is from these about AGCO. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at them. They are a competitor to John Deere. They're in that kind of agriculture. Yeah, market. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I look. I looked at them briefly. I, I was looking at John Deere recently, um, so, but I didn't dig into the financial like that. It's it's a similar stock, I would say, to John Deere. It's in the same markets. I think there's lots lots of tailwinds in that industry. Um, so it could be a good company to look into. I don't know about valuations. I don't know about their financials, but I do know that specific industry. I think there's big tailwinds, especially with a growing population. They all need to eat. Farmers are are dying out. It's a dying breed. Nobody wants to work long hours, so automation is going to be key here. Um, and if they are like John Deere, which I assume they are because they hold a similar market share, they could be good to invest in depending on the valuation so yeah. i think it's definitely one definitely one to look at um there's also a european version chi um industries as well um which i would probably look at as well so i think i don't think you could go wrong with either of the three of them it's just a valuation thing in, in my opinion yeah. um ivan mitchell has asked us about johnson and johnson what do you do long term? Uh, lawsuits is killing financial growth. Is the dividend still safe? So, uh, um, yeah, for me, G Johnson Johnson is a long term hold. Um, yes, the lawsuits are having an impact, but I don't see the lawsuits being an issue like this for 3M or Philips or, or Bayer in this case. I'm feeling actually quite okay with it um but it's now a pure play uh, biotech company pharma company biotech so that's where the risk is and yeah. is the dividend safe yes the dividend is safe according to all metrics right now is it is it the strongest dividend safety uh, dividend safe profile I, I i i know definitely not um it's not anymore our grandfather's johnson johnson let's say but it still fits well in my portfolio so I can I cannot recommend uh, to you even Ivan what's good for you, but in my portfolio it's uh, there's a steady eddy place there. It's 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 so funny, right? It's so funny to hear. Is it the strongest in terms of dividend safety? This company's got a triple A balance sheet, and we're saying no. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because for for instance, for me, Microsoft has a stronger one, or um, yeah, some 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 of the others like Apple and such. Of course, different companies, different profiles. But I'm I'm mostly saying it from a point of view that it became now very much depending on its pipeline and 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 yeah it is triple A now so of course it's like you say it is for me it's a very steady eddy position in my portfolio yeah yeah I I think the risk profile has increased dramatically but this uh, I have no concern with dividend safety at, at the moment uh, I mean they can they can leverage still so they can still pay us 10 different 10 years of different uh, dividends hikes just by leveraging up the div uh, balance sheet without getting in trouble yeah 
Um, RMS has asked us about NL, um, NL SPA. It's an Italian utility. I think we were asked this question before. We briefly looked yeah. at them, and they looked. They actually did look good, if I remember. And we've put them on the back burner of companies to to analyze analyze yeah. further. But that list gets bigger and bigger, honestly, um, yeah. every time we speak. Um, but uh, if I remember correctly, they had some good growth, good dividend growth as well. Um, so, I mean, I'm not yeah. opposed to it. It's it's on the list. It's on our spreadsheet somewhere, and yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to it at some point. I would say. Yeah. Um, Manny Mystery has asked us, um, have you ever looked at the automotive industry um, recently for a dividend growth investing stock to add to your portfolio? Um, he's recommend, recommended Stellantis. It looks very strong, has a low PE. Um, BMW also has a low PE. Um, and the yield on cost makes this a compelling addition. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I, I owned General Motors a little bit in the past. and. That's when I started to experience what Warren Buffett said about the car companies are uninvestable. And I came to the same conclusion and I'm staying away from it. Yeah, I mean, we talk about cyclical industries and I mean, they are yeah. boom bust, they are boom bust. Um, yeah. As I said, I gave a, gave a company, Melexis, it's a Belgian semiconductor company. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are heavy in electric vehicles. Um, I think the majority of their revenue comes from that. But in my opinion, that's a better play because everybody needs integrated chips. Um, mm -hmm. and they're not all; they're not just in automotive. They're in other areas, even though that's the biggest. So there's yeah. there's room for them to step sideways if if they need to. So I personally don't like going directly in the automotive industry, but there's definitely plays around that that are interesting, particularly as this shift to EV looks like it's going to it's going to go full steam ahead. So. There's, there's definitely some other areas there that you can look at. Um, Lucien has asked us, what do you think about T. Rowe price compared to BlackRock? T. Rowe price. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, right? BlackRock owns the world. <laughs> let's let's be honest. They, they own yeah. the world. They're huge. They have their own ETFs. You can see what the growth is. T. Rowe price has a better balance sheet, but they struggle in, in that ETF department. Yeah. I, know I know they're releasing that, so... I don't know why you have to compare them on a little bit of both and you're probably in safe hands. Yeah, sure. Um, Good. This means we're at the end of the, the podcast for today. Um, it's quite a long one, I think. I haven't checked the time, but uh, for everyone who's still staying with us, thank you so much. It's been, a, it's been an awesome week with all these earnings. So I can only hope for more of this. I mean, we still have some awesome companies to come, right? Yeah. I mentioned Coca-Cola, but I hold many Europeans high quality companies will still be reporting their earnings so yeah looking yeah. forward for next week again as always and thanks to all our listeners for sticking with us this long and we will talk to you all next week remember both of us at david and talk are not certified financial specialists through formal education we are just two guys sharing our journey for inspiration and entertainment purposes hence this is not investment advice although we do our best we can't promise that the information discussed is always correct nor appropriate for you or anybody else we always recommend that you do your own due diligence and be accountable for your own choices as we always say you can't borrow conviction from others last but not least by listening to our podcast you agree to hold us harmless from any ramifications financial or otherwise that occur to you as a result of acting on information provided in this podcast